you're going to get kicked out of a Tough mutter for coming, and I'm not <laughs> bailing you out for that. I'll let you sit for a minute, then I'll bail you out. There are good movies, and there are great movies, but that's not what we watch here, because this is shitty cinema. Yeah, We are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find. Centered around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay, and I'm joined by Dave. Hello. And Casey. Put your hardware away. Get out the software. <laughs> Every week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. Dave, what's this month's theme? Well, we finished out Living Toys Month last week with Real Steel, which was technically a film. Loved it. So it's a new month, which means a new theme. And our theme this month is sports ball. Uh, yeah, clearly none of us are athletic types. We want movies about <laughs> sports, about <laughs> balls. Wait, no. Yes. Yes, yeah. we do. Casey, you need to get us kicked off. So what sport ball are we tossing about this week? Instead of bringing one sport, I wanted to double down with two and then add a multiplier of an actual fucking Olympic athlete, 1985's Jim Cotta, starring Kurt Thomas, whom I've never heard of, but I'm not a gymnastic head, so. Sorry. Didn't he win a gold medal? Yes. All right, Casey, before we get ahead of ourselves, you need to give us an elevator pitch where you sell us in this movie in 10 seconds or less. Here's your setup. It's a beautiful, idyllic day in your nondescript Eastern European village. Uh, you, you've just stopped by the market, and on your way home, you decide you're going to get in some light exercise on the town's pommel horse that's, you know, prominently featured in the center of your town's village, <laughs> as all pommel horses yes. should be. Yes. <laughs> every intersection. <laughs> Unfortunately for you, just as you approach the pommel horse, this is the day when an arrogant American is going to show your whole town what is what. And that consists of him just absolutely slapping everyone with his feet from atop this pommel horse. It's going to go on for a really long time, like family guy gag long. But you are in position one of this pommel horse foot slapping. So in the 10 seconds remaining before you get kicked in the face, sell us on this movie. A sports mullet fights his way to losing his virginity to some actual royalty while doing a less cooler sport than pole dancing. Seven seconds. If that's a sport, <laughs> pole dancing should absolutely be an Olympic sport. Gymnastics or karate? Or gymkata? I'm going to say gymnastics and gymkata because it's like gymnastics, but also it's better. All right, to settle this dispute, let's go over the movie that Shitty Cinema watched. The CIA recruits Olympian gold medalist Jonathan Cabot as a super spy, which is both a joke that writes itself and a faithful representation of the movie. Two in one. I still don't understand it. <laughs> well, okay, Dave, so they want to send Cabot into the fictional country of Parmistan to play the game. I lose. No. I, I guess a gymnast is as good a pick as any for what's basically a tough mutter contest in the Hindu Kush mountain ranges. I mean, surely there are some feds that are fit and also like, I don't know, try to do spy shit. Absolutely so not. So it's no. kind of like a bros eat, pray, love from the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> he ate the festival. He prayed he would not get killed so he could love on that princess again. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. 
Dave, I think that the calculus changes when the Tough Mudder contest involves people of the region pursuing the contestants with arrows, swords, and lighting their fucking ropes on fire. Yeah, well, maybe you need to go to better quality Tough Mudder contests. <laughs> Apparently. What if I told you that Cabot's father was actually a CIA operative and that he had disappeared playing the game previously? Eh? Then I would say you paid oh. better attention than me. Because I did not know why his dad, until this moment, in any way, shape, or form, was fucking involved. And I watched this two and a half times. I watched this two and a half times and didn't catch that. So the two times that you made it far enough for that, when his dad just showed up to you, that was just, Hi, I'm your dad and I'm here too. Let's add in a training montage with the Japanese guru, uh, a murderous princess, and a romantic princess twist that will immediately be stuffed into a fridge. Oh, and the CIA wants to install a satellite monitoring system. You can't reasons. sneak U.S. imperialism by me. I, I, you accuse everything of U.S. imperialism. Okay. Everything is U.S. imperialism. So Can I just say, again, I watched this two and a half times, and I remembered that it was a thing. But I didn't remember by the time of the end of the movie where it's just like, and we also got to put shit on the moon and shit. <laughs> and we won. Well, I, I suppose Dave has described the perfect recipe for developing a new type of soldier. One that fuses gymnastics and karate into one sublime art known only across the universe as Gymkata. Or, you know, known here. <laughs> All right, well, the first city Cabot stops at threatens all that because his friends are killed and Cabot saves the princess only for his handler to betray them. Yeah, ultimately, though, the CIA does save the day for them, like, right here. The plan to enter Parmistan goes awry when Cabot is knocked out and the princess is captured. Good news is that she was captured by her own people, which uh, I guess that's captured. Yay. Eh. Bad news is, her dad is going to marry her off to his advisor, Zamir. Okay, is that bad news? Is that bad news? Did you he's, see his chest, Dave? He's yeah, if you missed dick. it, because he like takes his shirt off at every opportunity. Right? Of course I saw his chest. He introduced himself to people by shoving his chest in their face. Love it. Love some bad news. <laughs> Zamir, in turn, is going to take his loyal army and overthrow the princess's family. So, yes, it is bad news. She's going to kill his dad. Okay, but the king and the princess have a real Jasmine and the Sultan vibe, but, like, without the 800-pound cat. And so that makes Zamir their Jafar. Wherever we are. Right, well, the idea is that there are five people who are going to play the game, and if Cabot wins, then somehow, for reasons that are mysterious to me, he saves the princess and she doesn't have to marry Zamir. Which, that big-chested motherfucker surely looks like he will totally take lying down. Our main character, Cabot, sets off on the game while Zamir and his army, and his army, let's, let's not downplay <laughs> that, his private army, take off in pursuit, giving chase. All of the contestants are eliminated until only Cabot's left. Just before tragedy would befall our hero, he's saved by one of Zamir's own men, who reveals himself to be Cabot's father. Ah, uh, hi, Dad. <gasps> ah, it's my oh. daddy. Ah, and they give each other a hug after all these years separated for no clearly given reason. Then he's struck with an arrow and dies, and the movie never talks about him again. Cabot lures Zamir into a fight where he can wear him out with his gym kata, 
which uh, somehow works. After a few minutes of fighting gymnastics, Zamir gets his neck snapped in a leg squeeze of sorts. I don't, it's, I'm still confused as to how he got him into it as a combat move. He like literally like does the Stuart, the what, look what I can do move, but they're on the ground and that's when he snaps his neck. It's adorable. The Sultan and Jasmine convinced the citizens to mount a revolution for the monarchy against Samir's army. I'm really just confused about what's going on. As they fight against the army, a voice yells out from the crowd, Someone approaches the finish line! And the princess turns and turns out to see that it's Cabot. And in the end, the real winner is the U.S. who gets to realize their imperialist dreams of using Parmistan to further their war efforts. Yay! The war won! Yeah, the, the movie ends uh, just as Cabot's crossed the finish line with a freeze frame and a title card that says the U.S. got to put satellite monitoring systems in Parmistan, right? For which, Star Wars. For, Star, for the Star Wars program, which implies that the U.S. got to put those satellite monitoring systems in Parmistan as a result of the actions of the film. And the contestants, yeah. if they win the game, get one wish from the king. Which means our main character, Cabot, who had clearly fallen in love with the king's daughter in this, like, Aladdin-esque story, crossed the finish line and said, I want my country to put satellites here. Bye, bitch. <laughs> no, because Zamir was dead. His whole plan was that if I win, saying, like, the game's not over, he knew Zamir was going to try to kill him, which meant he was going to have to kill Zamir. He knew that. He understood that. He was going to kill that dude for the pussy, and he did. Sure, yeah, but, like, but do you still think a princess of a nation is going to be allowed to marry some rando American dude? If we're going off the Aladdin analogy here, like, the you should have used your wish for that. Yeah, to yeah, become a prince. Yeah, because like, okay, yeah, just because he's that now she's got to marry your cousin. So, right. Right. Tiny. but like, no, nah, we got early warning systems in Parmesan, Eastern Europe, I guess. Like, that's cool. Dave, let me just tell you, if you ever want to watch this and up your experience, I watched the chase scene where uh, the finally the final part of the game where Jonathan sets off. Only I said it to Prince Ali from Aladdin and <laughs> turned this audio down. And man, it it's a fucking banger. Fuck. It yeah man it bangs it goes great. I mean, is there any scene that is not improved by setting it to Prince Ali from Aladdin? I don't know, but it would really make some heartbreak scenes much more interesting, right? Or like some tragic war scenes. The Royal Tenenbaums, where uh, Luke Wilson slits his wrist in the tub. <laughs> Silence of the Lambs, when Buffalo Bill's dancing in the mirror. <laughs> That would go so good. Okay, quick question. And this may be the pecs, but is Zamir a bad guy? Yes. But yes. why? Because he murders people. Everybody kills people murderer. in this movie. Everyone is guilty of murder in this film. I mean, not everyone. A lot of people. literally everyone. Everybody a in that crowd. A lot of people in Parmistan are pretty cool with murder. Everyone's okay. cool with murder, so it's not. A, it's Fuck not to up. his detriment that 
he's a murderer. To be fair, I, I got to push back on, on even that. All the people that participate in the game attacking the contestants are not murderers or attempted murderers. That is a legal, fucked up, but otherwise legal thing that occurs within this country as a quote-unquote cultural event. Zamir commits extra-legal murder on top of that. Like, he, he breaks the rules of the game to attempt to murder his romantic rival. That's true. Okay, but that's just to kill his romantic rival. Also, also his fiance's dad. Kurt, his, his dad. what's his name? Jonathan, whatever his name is. Cabot. He is not a good guy. He's sticking his dick where it doesn't belong. <laughs> what? What? Oh, ah. Mm. That's romantic. Zamir's being romantic. Here's he the thing. He gave him Chase. a chance. They're she clearly now. wants to be with Cabot. That's the problem. That's the real problem. In in okay. the way that every 80s movie does, which is not at all, but like for some reason yeah. they yeah, still yeah, yeah. think they do. I've had I myself have been in this position and I've had friends in this position where we think we want something, <laughs> but really we want to piss someone off. So did she actually like the gymnast or where she was like listen i've got this dime piece at home i want to test some shit is he gonna do anything about it and i feel like zamir handled the whole thing perfectly by a gentleman's the, uh, code the uh treason and attempted murder he did the three strikes he he did the third strike which was naughty i feel like you're really stepping around the fact that he was going to eventually murder her dad like that was a very integral part of his plan was to Our eventually overthrow like a the government. King. His very first line in the film is, "I guess I gotta go play king to my people." Wait. That's not his first and line. Like, it's, it's not his first line. It's an early line. It's an oh. early line, but like even he's looking like I'm a giant piece of shit, <laughs> and then we're <laughs> supposed to feel bad for them when there's a coup dealing with actual smart people who can run the country. I hold on. No, 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 no. I disagree with that. Your read of that scene entirely because I took special care. I really enjoyed that scene. That's where the king explains the rules of the game. He brings out a diorama and very politely explains the way that the game works <laughs> and says when someone's like, well, you know, what if we just we just don't do one of these five obstacles that you have set out in front of us? And he goes, oh, yeah, if you don't do it, we just fucking kill you. And then he says, and now, if you'll excuse me, gentlemen, I must go play king for my people. And he yeah. puts his little fucking hat on, and he takes a big old grin, and he rolls out the door. It's G as fuck. He does. Because that was one thing. Uh, I, I've watched Jim Kata a couple of times now. And just hearing the premise of it ahead of time, and even coming into it, I always think it's like the the old dystopian movie trope of like, oh, the evil government is using some sort of like a murderous sporting event to distract the populace from their own travesties they're committing, right? Because we've seen that a lot in a lot right, of different right. movies. Um, but it's when the king comes out with his diorama that I realize it's none of that. He's just <laughs> hyper-focused on this one thing. Yes. This is the only thing in the world this king gives a fuck about is his extreme sport challenge where people die. 
No, we're not bartering. We're not trading with anybody. We need to focus on the game, you guys. <laughs> right. Fucking, we don't have time to invent cars. It's about the game. <laughs> Here's a question that I'll ask you then, because that raises something that I didn't quite understand. So there's two ways that we see the game played. One is with these five contestants that come and they're kind of celebrated and yeah. there you go. And the idea is that there's going to be a gap of time before... People come to hunt them down, and they try yeah. and complete this game. The second one is with three prisoners where they tie them with ropes and have them pull off the edge of the ropes and then cut the ropes, and they run off, and then they hunt and murder the prisoners. Murder maybe is a strong word, but they kill them, right? So yeah. is is there, like, two ways that the game is played? Is this just the same game? It just also happens to be played with criminals? They have a chance for their freedom. Yeah, exactly. The movie does not explain it, and I have not read the book that this is all based upon, but just working off tropes of the genre, yeah, this is a totalitarian fascist government, which, by giving all criminals a chance at freedom by participation in the game, that they then use it also as entertainment for the rest of the masses, and it makes them seem fair. Like, you know, it's, yeah, I've, it's, they've made this movie a lot. Which makes the fake revolution at the end really pernicious, man. It's just them, like, Yeah, the people love the, the game. Quo. Fuck yeah. yes, this. If I lived across the street from the Maury Povich studio, I would be there every fucking day. <laughs> I would volunteer to be a PA. I yeah, I believe so that. So I would take a lot of shit if I could just get free Maury tickets every day. It's basically like a, a, an even better version of The Purge. Like once a year, a bunch of criminals and people who've signed waivers sprint through your city and you get to try and murder them as hard as you like. That's only in the crazy city, not the normal city. We need to talk about the mad city. Well, they can hunt them in the normal city, too. They just have to wait a certain time period. Yeah. yeah and they oh, just no, the same no, but the, the, regular ci the regular citizens don't. It's only Zamir's family, or his family, his army. It's only Zamir's army. No, the regular citizens are allowed to participate. Yeah, they everyone's allowed to participate. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it, yeah, like, yeah. The, the first city is the one that, like, only kind of halfway participates, and the second city is the one that's all in on this holiday every fucking year. Did you notice how everybody basically had, like, pitchforks and shovels and shit? That's because... They wanted a chance to fucking club and murder someone. They want right. in on the killing Jesus of someone in the game. Christ. <laughs> Coming yeah. home with somebody's toes, yeah. probably like their version of Mardi Gras beads. Anyway, I still need to talk about the Mad City because I feel like that was really fucked okay. up. Sure. Like, sure. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So it's very Silent Hill, like 80s Silent Hill, which yes. is absolutely yes. terrifying sometimes. So like. And it's also shitty camera and bad resolution and a big TV. But, like, sometimes that, that it's really blurry. That plays into it. It's good for it. Yeah, no, it added to the suspense, actually. It's kind of foggy and, like, dark, daytime dark, like England. And it's just random people, insane people out on the street, and everybody wants to kill you. They might pretend like they don't want to, but and that <laughs> yeah. goes on for way too long. But by the end of the scene, after he, like, survives being almost murdered, it's now a crowd of people chasing him and chasing him into an alley of, like... And dogs. And at, it, in super, super slow motion. That goes on for way too long. The slow-mo does not work at all, and it proceeds through, like, nine separate shots. 
Oh, I disagree. I think it worked very well. It was very unsettling. What? I... Okay, so I mostly agree with Casey, like 90%. I think the slow-mo, especially in the beginning, the slow-mo kills it, and it gives it a really creepy vibe, and the the way that the audio is poorly done, again, plays into it. There's a lot of things that accidentally play into the unsettling nature of how the scene comes together because there's echoey, disjointed audio slow-mo that is just too slow and kind of weirdly uncomfortable the lighting and the fog are with the graininess of the the 35 millimeter camera it really the comes background together. actors were yeah. killing it for with, like three and a half go- minutes straight though that's what made it uncomfortable i think that there was a point right at the end when the dogs are coming and he runs the spot. The dogs run behind him. And, you and he cuts and he looks panting. down to the alley. If they would have cut right there to full speed and had him run up the alley. and Because he runs up the wall at the end at dead ends. And the dogs come up. That would have looked much better in full quick motion showing <laughs> yeah. off his ability. I disagree. I'm glad they kept it slow motion because as all that chaos is happening behind him. You now have his audio way louder of him panting, and it adds to that. That's like, true. Panting. That's liked, true. I, I liked the audio of him panting as the dogs chased him into the alleyway. It did build tension of that. I I totally, I definitely agree that uh, it should have gone full speed, or if anything, slightly faster for him climbing the wall at the end of that scene. Uh, adding the slow motion, or rather, continuing the slow motion as he like. Mario bounced his way up the walls, completely took away the energy of that actual gymnastics. Like, yeah, you just show it a couple of times. Watch some Jackie Chan movies. They'll just show right. you it from, like, three different times from three different angles. Right. And you still get all of that energy of him bouncing off the walls. The fucking, the weird-ass city, every time I watch this movie, hits me like a goddamn brick to the face. It feels like a bad drug trip. I Ooh. still... I don't There's understand so how any of these actions help these people in the game. Like one of the the one that always stands out to me. I've watched this movie a bunch of times and there's a guy in the weird city who is standing facing a wall with a mask over the back of his head so that it yeah. looks like he's facing away from the wall. And then no, after he looks like main- a mannequin. He looks like a mannequin. He doesn't though. He looks like he just looks like a dude who just stands there and makes weird, creepy eye contact. Don't no, tell it, him it that. Looks, well, I think it looks semi-convincingly like a mannequin. It looks or at like least a big like doll. it's supposed to look like a mannequin. Yeah. I didn't at all get that, and I don't feel like Cabot sold it if that's what he was supposed to be going for, because it looks like Cabot walks by and just goes, "Oh, hey, <laughs> a dude." And then the guy turns around to reveal, aha, I was actually not looking at you. A dude the whole time. I was minding my <laughs> fucking business, bro. And you said, hey, and now I'm going to kill I was staring you. at a wall. Now I'm not. Right. And he waits uh, to turn around until Cabot has been distracted by the friar in assless monk robes. <laughs> That's yes, so good. Girl. That's so good. <laughs> I want that Halloween costume. A super Stanley Kubrick feel because this dude's in a yeah. white monk's robe and he's got a big, long black beard. It's curly, thick. It looks 
good. And he's motioning, waving toward these he's double like doors. Vigorously nodding and like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Hey. And <laughs> you get the idea that he's, you know, he's uh, some kind of creepy priest role, maybe whatever. And then he turns around and they're cut open like fucking hospital gown. And Double you just see his ass. He's got nothing on underneath it. You see his ass, his legs, and it is. It would be a joke if it wasn't creepy in the moment. I don't know how to take it. I have no it idea is how to take it. It was very The Shining. I was just <laughs> mulling it over in my head that, like, why is it that we instantly associate an unflexed male ass with Kubrick? Like, what does that tell you about <laughs> our society? That, like, if they're not clenching it up and they're just letting it jiggle, like, oh, that must be a creepy Kubrick film. Right. right. Creep. It's loose. that? I don't know. <laughs> no, it's the unexpected ass in costumes it shouldn't be. Like a dog <laughs> costume or a priest costume. If it was just a dude that had his ass hanging out, I wouldn't be like, ah, Kubrick. But it's Maybe the, like, vibe. things that shouldn't be sexual, like a mascot or a priest, by definition. Okay, so like, but that ass French maid with the ass out would not be Expected. Kubrickian for you. No, I would think Adam Sandler and Hitler. Nurse outfit. No. Doctor outfit. No, I think Monty Python. The other thing that got me was the woman just staring down from a window, squawking like a bird. Right. And an what 80s is gymnast going? Mah! What? How is that aiding Mah! in the game? Just fucking freaking them out, man. Freaking out the normies. <coughs> Adding okay. to tension. <laughs> At some point in Jim Kata, they explained that the people in this town are outcasts, people who committed crimes or are mentally unstable, and oh, so okay. this is their like um, exile island. I'm not sure how they there's there's a ton of people here. So there's some kind of society, but also. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a totalitarian government. They always end up with a lot of cast offs. Right. So this is basically it's like the city stuffed full of people who are way too into Halloween, essentially. Right. Like everybody is all in on murder day in this city. Yes. They did so much fucking running in the mad city. But they also did so much running in this whole movie. Is he trying to cross over to being a track star? Because there was a <laughs> lot of fucking running. And did anybody notice that they reused footage? So much. What? So no. much. The pommel no. scene, they reused multiple shots multiple times. Oh, I was thinking specifically of when... Cabot and the princess are running through the alley in the first city. I can't keep track of where the fuck they're at. Terrible. That's they're just fine. running yeah. all the time. And they run into a dead end and they both like grab onto the wall and look left excitedly. And she runs into him and does the same exact motion. And then they run towards camera. That happened like two, three times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they reuse a lot of footage. Do you not have brakes on those little gym shoes, sir? Clearly you need not, something no. with more grip. It's also a bummer because I think some of the, the foot chases could have been really interesting, but we never get the the people chasing them and the running people in the same shot. So we have no idea how far they are, nor do we get a frame of reference for the area that they're running. So 
They could be way, 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 way behind them or right behind them. No idea. I would have loved to see a top-down shot of them. Right. That would have been more exciting. Okay, question. Would you rather be a person that lives in the Mad City where you're like, all right, sometimes, like, a couple times a year I get to try to kill strangers, or would you rather be the ninja guys that just, like, stand in a field and point with a flag all day? I'd go with the crazy place, but I wouldn't participate in the killing people so much as I'd just lean out my window and make bird noises at people. Bird noise. Oh, I'd be great. great at that. Right? I mean, you're still you're still participating then. You've abstracted yourself a bit from it. You're you're putting them in a position where they are more likely to be murdered. Am I, Dave? Am I? Or am I calling out in recognition of their triumph so far? And my hope for their success for the future. I don't know. Neither do you. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> no. I don't speak bird. I don't know what I'm saying. Right. You know, in movies, how like people, they can hear a language and understand it, but they can't speak it. Well, I can speak it, but I can't understand it. It's called just being high. Dude, Dave, did you see the guy get trampled by the horse? Oh, yeah, in the beginning. Once the game starts, when Cabot, when they're like, all right, yes. and go. Okay, that was unsettling. That was scary, and that wasn't supposed to be. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that just happened for real, and they were like, fuck, well, we got it on film. It, right. would, be, it would be rude not to use the footage. It's not going to unhurt him if we don't use it. <laughs> that was intense, man. It looks nasty. Yeah. I encourage you if you want. It's right before Cabot starts the actual race. And Zamir is like, no, we're going to start early. Fuck this guy. And he tramples a dude with his horse. IRL. Unless they just hired the best horseman actor combo. And that's where they dumped all their money. Because all the wardrobes looks like they stole them off of like. Christmas mannequins, like the three wise men outfits. Basically, it was like they had a conference of like, do you own these clothes? Do you want to be in a movie? You might be dancing. You might be trying to stab a guy in an alley. Can you run in slow motion? Both the wardrobe and the extras in this movie have a fatal flaw that ruins a lot of 80s movies for me. What? Which is the idea that Essentially, only the main character matters. And it's a decision that you see get made a lot in 80s movies for dialogue, for wardrobe, and especially for movies like this that are ostensibly an action film. Martial arts ability. Only the main <laughs> character matters. Yeah, so maybe have more... But he had the more the gymnast ability. That's what they're paying for. Right. In this case, they were paying for the gymnast ability. But it's a trend throughout all 80s movies that you can see again and again and again. And I'm here to tell you, in terms of martial ability, the main character matters least. Stunt doubles exist. Do that. Yeah, but the he, okay, maybe for like the punching stuff. He's doing his own stunts for the gymnast stuff, which is sure, cool. Absolutely. It's more, though, that the rest of the movie doesn't have any legitimate martial artist or gymnast to challenge <laughs> him with that makes it all sure. fall through for me. Like the scene where he squares off against, like, 30 goddamn ninjas, and they just do the ninja <laughs> thing where they wait their turn to step forward and get slapped with a foot. Yeah. 
You need extras that can actually sell that they know how to do things and not just wait their turn to get punched. Uh, he's just like Neo in The Matrix, man. There's no amount of people that, that can fight him. He can take them all on. Yeah, Matrix definitely ripped this movie off. Right. right. <laughs> right. This is where they got the idea. Oh, man. You know who we haven't talked about yet? Who? Thorg. Thorg. Oh, man. Thorg. Don't get me started on Thorg. Oh, my God. You Okay, first of all, let me set this up. Thorg is a character. I'm not really sure what his purpose is other than he's the big wrestler type. And he looks like fucking Mark McGrath fucked Toby Keith and had a wrestler baby. <laughs> because it, depending on which way he turned his face, he was Mark McGrath, like a chunky Mark McGrath or Toby Keith. Yeah, I the movie kind of implied that Thorg was some type of athlete that our our gold medalist gymnast was familiar with his athletic career. Was I right. What the fuck is his sport? Keg tossing? <laughs> I don't know. And I was like, has he complete no, no outsiders ever beaten the game. I was like, is is he into like these mud bogging show or whatever these I don't know. I should say that Thorg has the the upper torso of a weightlifter, and this is a huge cardio endurance thing, and that's generally not what people who have the upper torso of a weightlifter are known for. But we can set that aside because Thorg is maybe supposed to be incredible. My, my real problem with Thorg is that to call him one-dimensional is sort of generous. He is a heel <laughs> and just a does bad things so that he can be a villainous add-in that really goes out un unspectacularly and makes a reappearance that is the most callbacky nonsense do nothing it's it's confusing because he's transparently terrible and also weirdly ineffective despite being also terrifying and murder but he's hard to kill yeah. yeah, that's that's his okay. real ultimate role is to be the and guy that harder. you thought is dead and shows up again. Sure. Which I also argue is the reason why he has the jacked ass weightlifter chest, because the movie knew that they needed a bunch of padding on him later on for an arrow to get shot into him. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, fuck, we'll just pat him out the whole movie and people will think he looks like that. It worked. He stuffed his bra. Are you accusing him? I'm I'm absolutely accusing him of stuffing his bra, yeah. Wow. Okay, so you're going to do this Tough Mudder contest, right? Tell me on what fucking planet white pants are the first, first thing you choose. When I think mud, I think white pants. I want to give people the impression I've had explosive shits <laughs> or I fell into a porta potty. Preferably oh, the latter if they smell me. I assumed it was a dickbag braggadocio thing, right? Like at the end of it, they get they take a picture of you as you're crossing the finish line and he's going to go home and frame it with the pants and the picture and the little metal along with it. Like, oh, yeah, look how hard I worked, guys. Uh. I hate that more. I actually hate that more. <laughs> but it makes sense, doesn't it? It does. It does, yeah. Twenty percent blood and ten percent tears and seventy percent <laughs> light fucking beer. 
Dude, can I tell you something I cannot stop thinking about? Sure. Just imagine for a moment you are bludgeoned from behind while in a fight and you lose consciousness and you wake up and there is a woman hovering over you, petting your face, who has taken an actual gray marker and drawn circles around her eyes and on her cheeks and on her neck. Like, the way they did this nurse was so <laughs> dirty in the makeup department. She looked like Nosferatu. I am so what glad the you fuck? brought up the nurse because I almost forgot about the nurse. It was so overkill where I'm like, okay, he has a homely nurse. We get it, but like. A homely nurse with no tongue. Oh, with no tongue. A homely nurse with no tongue who I'm pretty sure the movie implied gave him a handy that he didn't want. Yeah, but he just Midwest yeah. polite agreed to. <laughs> It wasn't enthusiastic. I'm not going to count it as consent. Right. I don't understand why that was in the film. Other than it's an 80s movie. So you're required to have a joke about an ugly person getting laid in there somewhere. Dude getting raped. Impossible. Uh, That's the joke. Ah! uh, That's funny. Get it? Did I get it? I don't like that she's petting him and petting his face. And he's like, okay, stop, stop it. And she stops. And then the second time, he's just like, yeah, fuck it. Guys, we got to wrap this up because after this, we need to make a list of other sports that you can combine together to make cooler <laughs> sports. So, Dave, 1985's Jim Cotta, would you watch it again? Oh, man, I've watched Jim Cutta a bunch of times now. If you're <laughs> at all into bad movies, at some point, somebody's going to tell you about the scene where there's just a pommel horse in the middle of a town square for no reason. And a man uses it to kick the shit out of like 50 people. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's incredible. It is the most horrendous job I have ever seen of forcing the premise of the film in with no attempt whatsoever and explanation for it. But what I forget about every time is how fucking boring the first half of this movie is. They just kind of stand around talking at you and none of it works. And then all of a sudden, halfway through, a switch flips and it's all assless monk's robes and gym yeah, kicks yeah. and it's it's so fucking weird. So while I'm never actually satisfied with a viewing of this film, and I always leave with more questions than I do answers. Makes sense. Yeah, I think I'm going to watch it again. Wow. I don't feel good about it, but like, it's just so goddamn weird. And I'll just find something else to do for the first half until it gets good. So, Jay, how about you? 1985's fusion of gymnastics and martial arts jim kata uh in the first and only starring role of an olympic gold medalist uh, of this olympic gold medalist would you watch it again oh the idea of putting a gymnast in as a martial artist is in a sense brilliant and sometimes they use him well running up walls uh excuses where there's bars and alleys and he can spin around and kick like that stuff actually worked and i for what it's worth, enjoy the pommel horse scene. 
it's ridiculous. Like a community so got dumb. together and just happened to have one in the center of their town square. It's a ton of fun. The rest of the movie doesn't really land. The plots are ridiculous. The other characters are just absolutely nut jobs and not well developed, but also not tropes, just strange. And I can't find myself but watching it over and over again because I'm engrossed in how weird it is. And you're right, Dave. I always have more questions. I've seen it like three times. Yeah, I'm I'm going to watch Jim Kata again Whoa. because I strangely enjoy it. It's a train wreck, but it's the kind of train wreck that keeps me enraptured. It's my kind of shitty cinema. So, Casey, you did this. It's up to you. 1985's Jim Kata. Would you watch it again? A brief synopsis of this film sold me. And then I watched the trailer and I was like, yes, I need to see this. And I wish it was a little more action packed because the non-action <laughs> parts did drag. It was family guy style of like dragging the joke on too long and like Way too long. making it funnier. Um, they did not miss a chance to show you an entire chase scene or an entire travel <laughs> scene. They want you to know they have the logistics down turn by turn and show you how they got from here to there. There's like a way too long whitewater rafting scene of them like <laughs> in this fucking tiny boat thing just like struggling their way down. With desynchronized audio. Yes. Yeah, no, the the water on the audio was not the water they were doing. The water on the audio was like from one of those CDs at a crowning carriage. Or I'm like, that is not a bubbling brook. That is fucking them up. Um, but really, oh, God, the king drove me nuts, too. I, he, I got Neil Breen vibes from him, if Neil Breen could act. Um, he's got his eyes. I don't know. It's got to be a cousin or a brother. I need to do some more research. But... I guess if I got to research, yeah, I'm going to watch it again. I know that was a really backwards way of saying I I loved this. It was the right amount of art house creepy. They put effort (laughs) into it. The tone was never set. I don't know. It keeps you guessing all the fucking time. Uh, So, Yeah. yeah, that's our verdict. Three out of three would watch Jim Cotta again. I didn't realize Weird. the accidental banger I brought. Yeah. I, it's it's a classic of the shitty cinema genre, man. Jay, I'm curious. Can you keep pace in sports ball month? What are you going to bring next week? Well, I'm going to follow suit in, in a lot of similar veins. It's going to be another sport about violence, only this one's set in the future of 2005. And... It's going to involve some some killing. And we've got Chris Klein, Jean Reno, LL Cool J, Rebecca Romaine Stamos. That's right. It's 2002's Rollerball, which itself is a remake of an older film. Great. Chris Klein is real hit and miss for me, but mm-hmm. it's got the hottest mystique in it, so fight me. In the meantime, follow us on Facebook, sh.ttycinema. Instagram at Casey.cinema, Patreon slash Shitty Cinema, or ShittyCinema.com. Check the show notes if you didn't catch all that. Now, in the meantime, let's turn off the lights, powder our hands, 
and swing around on a bar and wait for someone to walk into that kick. <laughs> 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 <laughs>